Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Roundings, podcast 261. This time I have quite a bit to say. I purchased and played through Grim Dawn, which is a Diablo-like game. The Elder Scrolls Legends digital card game, which is now set to release in September, has dropped their NDA. So I can talk about that a little bit. That's all I have for this time, but it should be quite a bit of blah blah. Hopefully, you'll enjoy the show. Grim Dawn has been in what they call early release for quite some time. It has now officially launched, I believe, about a month ago. It is an action RPG in the same sort of style of game as Diablo. If you were familiar with a game quite a while ago, I would guess about 15 years ago off the top of my head, called Titan's Quest. This is actually the same company that did that game. And so in a lot of ways, it's sort of a spiritual uh, sequel. It's not the same myths. It's not the same universe. But there are many common elements. As I said, it's been in early release for quite some time. But in many ways, it still feels like it's not fully complete yet. There seem to be very few animations for the monsters and for your character. Sounds are very sparse when something actually makes a sound. It's kind of a big deal and unexpected. And there's one enemy that actually has voice work, so that seems really weird in comparison to so many other things not having voice work, which includes a lot of the town NPCs. Seems like only the key NPCs in town actually have voice work. So a lot of stuff feels not quite finished and not... I wouldn't say unpolished, but there's a lot of stuff sort of missing that could be there that isn't there yet. I don't know if they plan to add it later. But it is a cheaper game, so it's not, you know, a AAA title, as it were. So it's actually okay that it's not, uh, you know, 100% there in terms of competition with that. It's in a fantasy game setting primarily because it does also have sort of hints of I don't know if I'd call it industrialism, but it's sort of a steampunk-esque type of feel. There's a little bit of science in the sort of mad science, reanimation, mutation kind of sense. There are pistols and rifles, so there's sort of a later Renaissance feel, sort of in that regard. So it's a very different world than the traditional pure fantasy that we are used to. There are five core classes, and at level 10, you have the option to pick a secondary class, and then from then on, when you get skill points, you can split uh, how you want to level your class. And so there's a bit of freedom in terms of class creation in that regard. Items have requirements based on three core statistics, 
which are basically your classic strength, dexterity, and intelligence kind of split. And at level up, you get one point to sort of boost uh, the one you choose, although at each level up, all three go up a little bit. So you're kind of further specializing that. However, because of how level up works, you get three points per level up to spend. And with the way the skills are designed, there is depth in the class, which you spend a point to basically just unlock skills. And then you have to spend points on the skills themselves. So you get three of those points, and that's split between your two different classes, uh, the handful of abilities that will unlock as you go, and the depth you go itself. So there's a lot of stuff to spend points on, but you really don't have any points to spend. So as you start, you feel like, oh, there's a lot of customization. This is really flexible. I'm really looking forward to this. And then you pretty rapidly feel like you're getting held back pretty much by the system because you don't have enough points to really do anything. Each point in a skill seems to be only maybe 1% or 2% change. And again, you need to push the depth of your class to unlock more skills. So some levels you feel like you're really not gaining anything at all. So that's kind of a bit of a disappointment based on the previous game, Titan's Quest, which was really free. They had plenty of points to upgrade your skills with and sort of branch out as you wanted. Compared to that, Grim Dawn feels very restricted at each level up. Items also have a bit of flexibility. You get these little components, and the components themselves are fairly minor upgrades at a certain number, and the number will depend on what the component is. They sort of combine into a slightly bigger component, and certain components can go on certain items, so you get further customization from that. They will add things like extra damage of a certain type, or some will actually add skills uh, from different trees, either in a class you have or classes you don't have. So there is a chance to get abilities from classes you, you don't have access to otherwise. But those levels can't be improved, I don't think, uh, like you can your own skills, unless you know you have another item that will improve that skill. So it seems really weird that there are abilities based on the items, because you can't lose the ones on your class. Those will always be there unless you respec out of that. But if you put something on an item and it has a power, and then you decide not to use that item anymore, it, it just seems odd. It is the way Path of Exile runs all of their skills, but with Path of Exile, it kind of makes more sense because all of the skills come from the gems that you put in the equipment. But in Grim Dawn, it's either your class or your items. So, I don't know, I, I guess it's more flexible, but to me it seems kind of confusing because I'm not sure where I should look for a certain thing or how I should be looking. There's also another layer of customization called Devotion. These are, as far as I can tell, individual points you get from defeating slash clearing a shrine challenge. And shrines will be found among the world in various places. And you just click on them and hopefully you have what it needs. They need certain items to sort of activate. And then usually a bunch of monsters will come and you'll kill the monsters. 
and then you get this devotion point. And this is really kind of extra confusing how they've done this. The devotion point is, again, a completely different system from the other ones. It's sort of a bunch of constellations, sort of similar to the Elder Scrolls games, but there's a bunch of them, and you sort of unlock a particular constellation, and then that gives you more, like, types of points, but these points aren't spent. These are just ones that will further unlock more constellations, and then you spend your devotion to actually unlock the stars in the constellation. It's really kind of confusing. You kind of have to see it to understand it. Uh, of course, there's many reviews out there on the YouTubes uh, about Grim Dawn if you want to check this stuff out in detail. But it seems kind of confusing because it's a very different layer, and I really would have preferred they just made it sort of more standard along with the other skills and class upgrades you have and just put it there. Uh, it would have made so much more sense and been so much simpler to understand. At level 25, you'll start seeing set items as well as getting access to something called relics, which as far as I know are only craftable through the blacksmith character. And you have to find this special recipe to sort of unlock the relics. But the relics can do really cool things in addition to, again, getting you access to skills you don't otherwise have in your class tree. So again, they're adding more complexity that is, again, uh, confusing where you should look for class skills. But again, I, I don't know, if you like that kind of freedom to sort of build outside of your class, it is available. Maps get huge pretty quickly. It can be kind of confusing. In this game and in Titan's Quest, which was actually the main reason I stopped playing Titan's Quest, is that the maps are static. They will always be how they look. They will never be random at all, as far as I know. And I know in Titan's Quest, even the bosses were static, so you would never see anything different on any playthroughs you did. I do believe Grim Dawn is a little bit more random than that, I think I saw mention that they have uh, some specific levels that are randomized. But to me, big, huge maps that are not randomized are interesting. You know, maybe the first time you go through. But after that, they rapidly become really predictable and you just kind of shortcut from one place to the other. I suppose that is a good thing as a few times I needed to look up where a specific quest was because I couldn't find it. And it's like, oh, it's here or here. Okay, well, cool, that's easy to find. But since they are so large, the game somewhat quickly becomes kind of a time sink, I'd say about 20 hours in. You're looking at needing to spend probably about an hour play to get to the next sort of unlock point that they have. It's based on sort of a teleportation system. You can stop playing anytime you want, but if you want to get to that next area, you have to get to that next teleportation unlock. Boss fights are a bit disappointing. There's only one or two who have any real mechanics to them. Mostly they are just run around. If you get hurt, back out of combat, wait for yourself to heal up, run back in. And it just seems more like a back and forth of running to and from the boss. Also, 
you don't have really a lockout on your teleportation ability. So if you know a boss is coming, you just drop that portal down, and then you just fight the boss until you die. You get back in the portal, and then poof, you're right back at the boss. And the bosses, as far as I know, do not regenerate at all between then. So they're really little more than just big, huge buckets of hit points that you repeatedly fight without using any kind of, you know, special tactics or strategy. So that seemed really disappointing and really kind of confusing because a few of the sort of lesser boss monsters, you know, just in the regular mishmash of guys you're fighting, seemed more interesting and challenging to me in terms of what abilities they had. One really major gripe I have about the game is that the colors of the items are off. They are not the standard white, green, blue, purple, yellow, slash, orange. They actually go white, which is almost not in the game at all. And then they go to yellow, which makes no sense. And then they go green and blue and purple. And the purples you don't even see until level 50, which in the playthrough I played through, my game ended at 45, so you're probably not even going to see any purple until, you know, you've finished your first playthrough. I like it well enough, but due to the levels not being randomized, which again was the main reason I stopped playing Titan's Quest, as well as the fact that the class customization really isn't all that customizable, I'm actually feeling more encouraged to go back and play Diablo. For me, the randomness of levels is critical in a game like this. I mean, sure, if you have a specific quest, you know, have the map randomized, and then this one quest area, you know, have that always sort of a fixed location. But I really understand now why Blizzard has sort of moved away from the old traditional talent-based system to sort of one of just pick this and switch it whenever you want. Because there were a few times when I was playing through Grim Dawn where it's like I got this cool item and it's like, oh, it'd be kind of cool to switch up my build and do it like this. Well, I can't do that because respecking is a total pain in the butt. So Grim Dawn really kind of encourages you to make a specific build and then stick with it the entire time you play your class. Which to me is okay if you're really into, I'm going to make this build and I'm going to play it for a really long time and see how it works. But if you are more into a, I kind of like to do this thing and go with the flow and change the situation or my gear, you know, allows me to have flexibility, you can't do that. It's just too much of a pain in the butt to do that. You can only respect your character in certain ways you can't completely respect. So that's really kind of disappointing as well. One positive final note is that this is, as far as I know, one of the only Diablo-like games you can actually play offline. There's no chat window when you're playing. There's no asking you if you even want to go online. It just basically assumes it is a single-player game. You don't have to be online at all. You can play offline. So if you need something to go with you, you may or may not have internet access. You may or may not care about playing with friends. This is certainly a game that will allow you to do that. So the big question, would I recommend somebody purchase it? Yes and no. At the asking price of 25 bucks, it's a nice change from the traditional fantasy games 
like Diablo, where, you know, you're very familiar with the lore. This is a different lore system. It's a different world. However, Diablo is much easier to pick up due to the randomization and due to the skill system. As I mentioned, it's very easy to switch uh, if you want to switch due to a particular equipment that dropped or maybe you want to try out a different kind of build. You can do that very easily. Grim Dawn has added a lot of complexity and I see where they're going, but I think they missed the mark in making it overly complex in a bad way. Path of Exile also has a similar sort of deep customization with you can build how you want because it's not entirely tied to your class. But with Path of Exile, it's sort of simple and easy to understand and quick to change and sort of, oh, I just pulled this out of this item and put it in this other item. Whereas Grim Dawn sort of locks you into those choices a lot more. As I said, it's kind of a pain to switch anything with Grim Dawn. So I think they missed the mark there and that they are overly complex in a bad way. But again, if you're looking for something that isn't quite the traditional fantasy story, if you do want something that has a depth of character customization, even though it's kind of a pain, if you do want something that you can play offline, Grim Dawn is definitely something to look at. Elder Scrolls Legends has been in beta for quite a while. I got in, I would guess, about three months ago. It is going to be another free-to-play collectible card game. I have played maybe about 50 hours, about half of which was in the single-player campaign. But the caveat to that is that was mostly all back when I first got in. I haven't played in quite a while. I don't know that there were any big patch changes to the game. I think they were all pretty minor changes. So most of this is kind of on uh, a build a few months back. I haven't played in a while. There are a few differences from the other collectible card games. With Elder Scrolls Legends decks can be two colors and a third color from a neutral faction, which you don't get a whole lot of cards for that one, so that one's not really a big deal, at least not yet. Uh, maybe in time that will change. If I recall, and again I haven't played in a while, decks can be as small as 50 cards, and I think it goes up to 60 is the maximum. Most of my decks I made were around like 54 cards, because, you know, fewer cards is a little bit faster in theory, and you don't go through anywhere near that many cards. When I was playing, you'd go through maybe half of your deck. There are two what they call lanes that you'll put cards into, basically the right half of the screen or the left half. They can have different sort of effects on them, like the one they use in multiplayer is one lane is called a shadow lane, and when you put a creature into that lane, it's basically what Hearthstone calls stealth. You can't attack it uh, for that turn. You can still cast spells on it. <laughs> which is the easiest way just to get rid of something in that lane. But in theory, they could have all kinds of different effects in a game. 
In the single player game, they actually do have quite a few different effects. Like one lane is uh, a sort of wolf fight and a wolf will come into that lane and it pretty much automatically spawns more wolves as time goes on. So they could do some really interesting stuff with this sort of two-lane mechanic. Another big difference is that each player starts with 30 health and there are five runes and every time they take five damage a rune will break. And when a rune breaks they get to draw a card. If that card has a I think it's legacy uh, flag slash marking on it then that legacy card can be played immediately uh, while the person is attacking you. So that adds an interesting level of sort of strategy slash timing to the attacks. How do I want to attack? When I attack the opponent, when I do so many more damage, he'll hit that rune and that rune will break and he could interrupt my attack. You know, it sort of changes things up. And either way, they will get to play a card and interrupt the attack or they will get a card uh, and potentially be able to play that next turn when their turn comes back around if they survive the round. It's not a huge interruption. I think it's about 10 seconds at most they can spend, you know, choosing to play the card if it is a legacy card. If not, it just draws the card and just doesn't even stop. So it's not a huge interruption to combat, but it does change things around just a little bit. Play overall felt a little bit odd to me. Uh, again, I haven't played in a while, so maybe it's changed. But the board isn't all that random. Things are fixed. There aren't that many cards that do X to Y damage. It's usually a fixed amount of damage. But because of the design of the game, the board state changes quite a lot. In two or three turns, the board could look completely different. So that always felt really weird to me that you'd play a card, you'd play a card, oh, the board's completely different now. So it's got a lot heavier strategy on sort of the deck building side outside of the game. During the game, it seems more like you have the strategy with this deck and you want to do X and Y. And so when that comes up, you just do it. So that's quite a different feel to the card game. The game will be free to play when it launches. You do get a few daily challenges as per the other games, typically in this sort of free-to-play card genre. There are ways to craft cards. There are ways to buy cards. Not directly, you know, you buy boosters. There are tournaments, um, you know, against other players as well as just the one-on-one -on -one matches. So you can win, uh, you know, more gold and more cards that way. And I'm not sure if it sounds like something you'd be interested in. You can probably find all kinds of stuff on the YouTubes about it now that the NDA is dropped. But it will be free to play. Uh, as far as I recall, it's a fairly small download. So if it does sound like something you might be interested in, there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't go ahead and grab it and check it out once it does launch. From the newsroom. The first episode of Telltale's Batman series is now out. I haven't played it yet. It just came out like yesterday for me. So I didn't get a chance to check it out and play it. Uh, again, I'm sure it's probably a few hours long and will be pretty awesome. If you're into the Telltale kind of games uh, and you like Batman, uh, it's definitely one to check out. I saw Star Trek. I'll just throw this in the news because I don't really have anywhere else to throw it. 
Uh, it was awesome. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, the graphics and music were, as expected, very awesome. There were some very nice tributes to um, cast and crew who have passed uh, in the past few years since the last movie. So that was very uh, emotional and unexpected. But nice to see, you know, that they put that uh, into the lore of the movie. And, uh, you know, as I expected, there's not a lot to say about it other than it was awesome. If you're into the new Star Trek series, if you're not that into the new Star Trek series, it was still a pretty good movie. Uh, they don't really add a whole lot in terms of lore. They do sort of heavily introduce one new character who I kind of hope they keep. Because it would be nice to see, you know, a change to the traditional crew, uh, you know, and it's sort of a new version of the old universe. So it would be nice to see some changes coming about uh, due to that. But that's it for the news. So that's it for this podcast. Uh, for the next podcasts, I actually have quite a bit to talk about, so I'll probably have plenty to say coming up. Up next time, I will probably talk about Space Run Galaxy. That was on sale, so I grabbed it. I've played it a little bit. Uh, I guess I'm not that into it. I mean, I wasn't that into it the first time, so um, I don't know what I expected. It It's pretty much the same as the first one, just with some extra elements. Anyways, I'll talk about that uh, as my main thing next time. There have been quite a few uh, summary-type sales on the Steam. So I've actually grabbed Mad Max for, I think it was like 15 bucks, which was like, whoa. And then Shadows of Mordor was also ridiculously low. I think it was like 10 bucks. So I grabbed that. So now I have those to talk about, uh, which I wanted to uh, get for quite a while. I also decided to get Doom. Uh, that was also on sale for like 50% off. So that was a pretty good deal. So I grabbed that. So maybe I'll talk about that. Uh, certainly talk about one of those, at least. Um, probably besides Space Run Galaxy, probably talk about two things uh, next time. In general, I'm doing okay. I'm still uh, spending quite a bit of money catching up on all the things. Uh, mostly uh, stuff I needed to do, which I didn't have money for, which is good because... Now the car is fixed, and uh, not surprisingly, really, uh, it was the fan uh, that I had guessed it might have been way back in the day. They weren't entirely sure why it wasn't working, or sometimes it would work. Uh, so they just said, you know, we'll just replace the whole thing, because this one part is like 90% of just replacing the whole thing. So they did that, and it was... Uh, Good deal. It seems to be totally fine now. I haven't driven really far, but am I just driving around a regular? It's totally fine again. So that is finally fixed and not a concern now. I got some clothes, so that's good. Uh, needed new clothes and new headphones because those garbage ones were garbage and I'm finally free of them. So that's good as well. They were pricey, but not too pricey. So hopefully these headphones will last me. I think I 
did the money calculations of at least a year to be worth what I paid for them. Uh, hopefully longer than that. Uh, so we'll see. It'd be depressing if it wasn't at least a year and a half, two years. Because that's what my headphones uh, before them had lasted. So I think that's what, you know, a good pair of headphones should last under my conditions of, uh, you know, taking them on and off constantly for hours and then, you know, packing them up and putting them in my now uh, fancy headphone case uh, and carrying them around in my backpack, you know, so they get quite a bit more abuse than normal. But I am still kind of sad because, you know, the money is limited. It will run out uh, eventually. Uh, if everything goes as planned, it won't be for another two years. But with as little change as my life has been having, I am worried, uh, you know, that that will eventually run out and nothing will be changed by then. Uh, you know, I still hope that things do change. I still hope things get better and that my life improves uh, before that runs out, ideally. But I will let people know, you know, as time goes on, this big burst of having a lot of games and stuff to talk about uh, will probably not last too long. I mean, I've got enough to talk about for a while. But then, um, you know, I'm out of stuff again. Um, there's Dishonored 2 coming out sort of at the end of the year in a few months, so I'll have that to talk about. Mass Effect 4, uh, in theory, uh, rumored for March. So it'll be a little while, and then I'll have that to talk about. But I'm not sure what else I'll have to talk about uh, besides the games I mentioned. So for probably a couple months, I'll have plenty to talk about. But after that, we'll see. But hopefully everybody out there is having a better time in life than me, even though my life is not entirely terrible anymore. You know, it's back to homeless normal, as it were, when I did have income. So that's good. But hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html When you type Rabbit's Ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com if you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbitdot.com. I have a page on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbit, R-A-B-B number one T. You can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice. Be sure to put the number 1 in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2016 by Eric Stryker, a.k.a. Rabbit.